if I can like relate it to swimming, it's like, you know where you want to go and you know that like, you know that you're going to be good or like what you're going to do. And you have that like inner confidence, but there's no like, I'm not pigeonholing myself into this expectation that if I don't, that I'm going to be a piece of shit. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. What's up, you guys? Welcome back. So today's episode is an absolute treat. It's a total riot. Fair warning now, tons of cackles throughout the whole episode. So hopefully it makes you guys laugh. My guest is Caroline Burkle. She is an incredible woman. She's a U.S. Olympic medalist swimmer who took home a bronze medal in Beijing 2008. She is also the co-founder of Rise Athletes, which is a program that connects Olympians with athletes for individualized mentorship, helping them get to the Olympics. Super awesome. So the story and journey of any Olympian, regardless of sport or medal, I really believe is one that we can gain so much inspiring insight from because to get to the Olympics is gnarly. It's so damn hard. It's, you know, this constant dance of mindset, of emotion, of physicality, and just trying to stay harmonized in all those aspects, which is so not easy to do, especially at the highest of high levels. I mean, there's, you know, to be an Olympian is you're at the top of the game and there's really no room for error. So to listen to Caroline's story, you know, it's rich. It's 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 thought-provoking, the mindset, the things that she's had to go through and conquer um, throughout her journey are really inspiring. And I'm looking forward to you guys, you know, listening to this story of hers. And also, I should say that this is one of, of many conversations that will come from her because her evolution post-Olympics is also very important. There's a lot of mindset gems we can take from, from that period and also for what she's got going on now. So we're calling it the Crons, you guys. There's many or many more episodes coming with this hilarious badass woman and I'm looking forward to those. But for now, I'm really excited for you to dive into this rich, inspiring conversation with the amazing Caroline Burkle. I started right in the middle of our laughs because that is going to be... Are you guys going to turn it off yet? (laughs) You guys, be ready because we're going to be cackling the whole time because that's what me and my amazing guest today um, seem to always do on our own and together. Hi. 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 You guys, I have Carol Burkle. Carol. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Can you tell me what your middle name is? Stillwell. That's amazing. Stillwell Angel. It's like on a league of their own when the little kid's running around on the bus. I don't remember with a pop, that. With a popsicle stick, a fudgesicle. And she's on the she's at the front of the bus and she's like, Stillwell Angel, get back here. That's the only <laughs> Stillwell in the whole world that I know, except for like a street name. Where did your parents, like, why? It's my great-grandmother's maiden name or some oh, really? honky-dory. Okay. <laughs> That's like You're what I'm so told. Cute. That's the story, you know. Carol Stillwell. It's yeah. so proper, but kind of mm. interesting at the it's same so time. Proper, yeah, which is <laughs> I'm so British. Uh, oh, really? No. <laughs> 
Per- okay, great segue. I want to know um, where you come from outside where of your I mother. From. Yeah, can you give our listeners a little bit of your your upbringing? Where 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 are you from, girl? Because fortunately, yeah, we get to live right down the street. Yeah, man. So I am from Louisville, Kentucky, and my mom is from San Fran. Well, Marin County. My okay. dad's from Kentucky. So you know, cute. They met at IU in grad school, and so it was like like love first sight. But like, of course, she moved to Kentucky because you know, That's hashtag kids the- and family. So. <laughs> Whatever. Um, So I am kind of a mutt, I guess you could say, of backgrounds and, you know, where they came from is very different from one another's lifestyles. So it was great. And my mom is like all about this. And, you know. Yeah. Like has her mala beads by her bathtub. And my dad's like got his rosary by his bedside. Oh, really? So it's just a very different. Yeah. Like they come from a very different background, but they support one another fully. And my mom, um you know, just dove right in to the whole culture. So she's all about it. Yeah. That's what, what do your parents do? My dad owns a bunch of tennis and fitness clubs all over Kentucky, which they're like, they put on the big USTA tournaments and they're like 26 courts. They're like giant country clubs kind of. Okay. Um, so he does really well with that and loves it. And, um, my mom was a tennis pro and now she does, she's, hangs and golfs. Sexy. (laughs) Well, she's done, like, a couple other things in the fitness world, but, you know. So they kind of... She just had kids and then called it, called it, like, a, you know... She switched her sport. I mean, Mom, you're, like, my inspo, but... Well, I think, personally, I mean, I'm not a mommy yet, but I aspire to be, and I really feel like being a mom is being an athlete. Mm. It's just a different sport. Yeah. You know, I mean, my mom has five kids. Yeah. And she, you know, all cesarean, worked her ass off. Right with my mom. Really? Cesarean. Mm -hmm. How many siblings do you have? Two. Two brothers. Really? But we were not, like, we were nine pounds, all of us, you know. Oh, wow. Ain't an easy carriage. Yeah, no. Carrying whatever, you know what I mean. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a heavy load. But it's a heavy load, yeah. Wide loads. So Were you, where are you in the first are you? Yeah. You're the older sister? Yeah. I have three younger brothers. Okay, There's so that's probably why we get along. Totally. One brothers. of the many reasons. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so many reasons. You guys, I'm going to just, oh my gosh. Let's go back really right quick. Let's, yeah. let's go back to when me and Carol met. So, because it's super special. So, I, I, I'm on my way out of town, and I'm like in focus mode, and I got to beat traffic and the whole thing, and it's a beautiful day. Um yeah, I was, yeah. and I was, so I'm walking into this cafe that we love, the Soros Cafe, and I remember this so in detail. I'm walking in, focused, want to get my shit, and, like, get out, right? And this attractive young woman is, like, walking, you, you were walking, like, right next to me, kind of. I don't remember if you were right in front of me or behind me, but anyways, I just remember you underneath your voice, like, it was, like, you kind of... It was under your breath. You said something because it was really, it was getting hot and it was already really early. Yeah. And you were, you had, you were covered up and you were like, I didn't get the memo about this weather or something <laughs> like that. And it was like super <laughs> subtle. And I, and I laughed kind of quietly to myself just because you were really talking to yourself in a way, you know, but I don't know. There was something I loved about that. You know, it's this comfort thing. You're just kind of like in your head, like, I didn't get the memo about this weather. <laughs> I just don't have a filter. It like was, I, no, I loved it. It was so no funny. No problems. Yeah. If someone has a problem with that, then they're likely not going to be life. your. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> no, it's well. It that was the start. So it was kind of like a mental note of like I just laughed at you, and then 
And then I get to the register and I'm, you know, checking out and you look at my bracelets and I had just been talking to the girl at the register about my podcast and how when you spoke, when you complimented my bracelets, it was kind of segued into how, you know, you always hear this on my Mm -hmm. podcast and Mm -hmm. that's just how it is. So then we start talking about the podcast Mm -hmm. and then, you know, you, you, you know, I brought mine up. You weren't sure if you heard about it. You guys. So I take a step back (laughs) for a minute and I look at her physique, and I was like, damn. Literally, like, she just said, no filter. Me, no filter. Damn. Girl, what is this body? And, and I think, you know, I'm an athlete, not pro, obviously, but, you know, day in, day out. This is my lifestyle. This is what I do, and it's very focused, and it's very disciplined, and I love it. And, you know, there is an aesthetic component that, you know, like when you go and you lift weights and you're trying to, like, you know, work on your shoulders or your glutes or whatever, you know, you really pay attention to, to form and to physique. So my eyes naturally, I'm like, I'm looking at this body and it's banging. It's like lean and it's strong and it's curvy and all the sexiest ways. I was like, like, who (laughs) is she? You know, what is she doing? And then, um, you know, so then we, we exchanged a little bit more words. We walked out together. Back back up. I'm in line (laughs) and I'm like, what the hell does she do to work out? Like, holy <laughs> shit. And I remember asking you that, too. I was like, what do you do? Like, in li- like front of, like, five other people. And, <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm sure, like, you know, like, basic, hashtag basic, like, Los Angeles girls, even though we don't consider ourselves that. But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wow, what do you do? People around us are like, God, they only talk about bodies. Like, so... <laughs> Honestly, like you said, like I find so many different styles of body types very attractive, and it's the way. But to me, it's the way someone carries himself. The posture, and you were just yeah. like owning it. Like I'll just have that and like that. And I'm like that, and like your angles are like you know going to town. And I'm like this chick must be some sort of like, like I was literally like she's got to be like some like famous MMA fighter. Like I was like I was like is she like I was like literally thinking like she's gotta be like so she's just like fucking bad. And so Oh my god, I love you. And then we talked and met in like two seconds and exchanged numbers. I think you sent me your number yeah, the second it was I got the car. Yeah, no, it was immediate. It was and been well, dating ever since. I mean <laughs> truly, truly. It's it actually it's so cool when that happens and it's not it's not really common um, you know, even if you're a warm person, you're an open person, both of us are, mm-hmm. you can meet people that are cool and nice, but when you, I feel, especially at this point in our lives where time is just money mm-hmm. and, y- you know, we're kind of set in our routine in our ways. So to really go out of your way to make time to spend with someone, that is a significant, yeah. like that means yeah. something because yeah. You got your group of friends, your mm-hmm. people. I got mine. We got mm-hmm. our systems, and it's it's hard to fit anything extra. Totally. In well, that. and it's not that it's necessarily hard to fit things in time wise. It's hard to fit things in energy wise. That's a great point. And I time tell people this, yeah. and I mean, I love this that. is like no hate on anybody that I've said no to, but right. like <laughs> I don't say yes to many things anymore. <laughs> That's that's a, that's what a lot but of with you was like. Do. Yeah, it was like an initial yes, and I was telling this to my friend Tom that works for Strike Movement. The other day, we were sitting there and we were having a meeting at Hi-Fi, and he was like, "You know, I don't like." We were talking about how you don't just like meet with anybody, and I was like, "I don't either." And I used to spread myself really thin, and but I have like, 
a specific like list of what I really want to accomplish. And like you've been at the top of the list for a really long time. I feel you. So I'm so excited. Yeah, and I mean, I obviously I had this like miss this this four oh, week um we're gonna hiatus. get into that <laughs> My i know that i've we're, been in the, in the she has a sexy injury that we're gonna get to but we gotta work our way there um but sexy as in i need a pedicure sexy <laughs> on my left foot <laughs> it's but just, i can't it's just it's you know i mean when you're a badass it's just kind of par for the course mm, you know i mean yeah. things are gonna happen yeah it's true it's true damn so just to kind of close that story up, yeah, yeah. So we exchanged information. That was a wrap, and that was last summer. Um, so and ever since then, it's just been. Was it? Yeah, or was it, it like January? That? Was it? I don't know. When did you go to Vegas? It was like no. March. It wasn't yeah. that long ago. No, it was not this March. No. You're talking about last girl. It was last year. No. Yeah. It hasn't been a year. Really? No. No way. Okay. Am I tripping? Yeah. Oh, you know what? It might have been it was, January. It was January. Okay, see? Yeah, I was like, it hasn't been that long. See? You know what? That's the best. I love that that was just captured. Because I feel like we've got more time in. <laughs> totally. Truly. I, you That's just blow my months. mind right now. Because yeah. I, I was thinking we're about it. I was like, oh, yeah, it was last summer. I was like, wait. No. Maybe yeah. <laughs> no, we're good. All right. Okay. So, brand damn. new. <laughs> All right. So, point being, I adore this badass and I'm excited to unpack her story and have it inspire the fuck out of you guys because I know it's going to. <laughs> so Kentucky, mm-hmm. you have two siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, what was, you know, what was school like for you? Were you an athlete growing up? Like was, I mean, your parents were involved in sport. Like, I don't know if your dad actually was in sport. It was a business, but your mom was. Yeah. Mom was professional tennis player dad was a swimmer so dad swam in college mom played for santa barbara okay and then they went to iu their coach like took them all to iu and that's where she met my dad so both athletes and i was that little girl that grew up on the tennis court with my mom like while she taught like literally stroller corner like you do what mommy does kind of thing yeah Uh, my mom is the sweetest person alive but she's an Aries, you know, like she's, oh, wow. she's like, she's like, deal with it, handle yeah, it, tough. you know? Yeah. And so like very tough. Um, and so we just, we grew up in that mindset, my brother and I, and my youngest brother is 11 years younger. So I didn't have as close of a relationship with him as, you know, obviously in my formidable years of growing up yeah. that I did my youngest or my younger brother, Clark. So we were like doing everything together. Um, and then... What's the other age difference? So... In a year and a half. Oh, a year and a half. Like Got it. Irish okay. twins, yeah. basically. Wow. wow, yeah. Okay. Yeah, polar opposites. Oh, but, really? Well, not in sport, because yeah. we're both swimmers, but he's like Just logic and accounting and oh, you know, wow. like super fun and, and you've like got social, the beads on your foot. but yeah, yeah, and I'm like putting mala beads on my broken heel, <laughs> like in my bed and like <laughs> lighting incense while also going to the gym to lift heavy weights. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but I guess that's, like, what happens in life. So That's incredible. We just grew up doing all of that. And, you know, we created a life based around sports, but we also created a life based around uh, just believing that really anything was possible. And we were never really told, like, by my parents, we were never really told that, like, you can't do something. My dad was a realist, but it was always, like, question asking. Right. Not, like you, you know, it's not like you shouldn't do that. You can't do that. It was like, well, why? Tell me why. So he like had us create our own answers a lot, which I 
remember now more than ever. Um, so yeah, that was it. And then we, we both got recruited to college to swim. Um, I went to Florida. Then oh, wait, we got to back Florida. up for one second. Oh yeah, back it on up. Yeah, just because that's like we played tennis too. So, but my mom's super, you know, devoted that we didn't play tennis. <laughs> like, sorry, mom. Ended up deciding to like burn my eyebrows off with chlorine instead. So when did you start swimming? How old were you? Oh my god, like diapers. Yeah, you were yeah. just from the like womb. water girl from the womb. Yeah. Do you remember loving it when you started it? Totally. Okay, so totally. Was it, when did you start competing? I mean, I was a little bit, sometimes I was like, I don't want to get in the water kind of thing, but yeah. that was like probably to get attention. Oh, really? I don't know, maybe. Maybe. I don't think I really ever didn't want to get in the water, but you know. <laughs> such a so then I like started competing, like competing and racing and meets and stuff when I was eight. Okay. And then, yeah. How were you doing? Good. Like, yeah. Were you, were you kind of right off the gate with it, just like kicking ass? Yeah, but I was very hesitant too. Like I was, I, I was like the secret competitive girl. Okay. Like no one would have guessed that Caroline was competitive, but I was. You know, like I was the one like laughing and like in the corner and blah 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 blah. When really inside, you're like, bitch, I got like, kill exactly. you. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Those are the deadliest ones. It's yeah, and you know, I know. I was that girl. Like nobody liked. You know, like before the races, being like, I don't think I'm gonna do very good, and then I'd beat everybody. And <gasps> But, like, you know, full disclosure, that's not very nice, Caroline. You know, like, I should have taught myself some better things. No, I wasn't that. I wasn't that bad. But, like, I just, I did have a lot of, like, fear as a young girl for some reason. But I would always perform. So that learning to navigate that as I got better was interesting. And, like, I see that more now, knowing that. Like, watching the evolution of my career, like, as a little girl, I was, like, fearful, but I would always perform. So, it was, like, I would perform based off of fear versus using the fear as I got older. That was, like, a really hard switch, though. That's Like, really... to become a bitch and, like, start to compete out, you know, like, a little yeah. more like this versus being, like, I don't know. And then going and, you know, using and it as, using like, a it. safeguard right. to be scared and then going into performing. That's kind of what I was doing for a long time. And then I started to just learn to say, screw it. And do what I want to do instead of, like, guarding myself just in case I failed kind of thing. That's really... Does that make sense? No, it totally does. Yeah, it actually... It's interesting Mm -hmm. to think about. I love kind of... I love pondering on thoughts like that. Like, because it's yeah. psychology, you know, everyone's just so different. Totally. How, how in the competitive mind, you know, oh. everyone approaches it so differently. And I so think that's different. a really, you know, interesting way. But that's, so you, you start out in that realm, mm-hmm. um, you know, your mindset like that. So eight years old. And mm-hmm. when did you kind of, when did you know that you were good? And you had something and you were like fired up to like, this is going to be my thing. I'm going all in. I was 13, and I made junior national team. Well, no. Yes. Yes, I was 13, made juniors. I didn't make the junior national team. I was one slot away, but you can make a junior national cut or, like, you know, whatever. So I went, and I think I just knew, but it wasn't even in – it was in breaststroke. It wasn't even in my best event. But then when I was 15, I made senior nationals, which was really young to make seniors. At that time, you know, like it wasn't, now it's like a thing if you're like 13 to 15 to like be really good. And I think back then girls matured a little bit later. Okay. Um, And so like to be 15 and making that, I immediately was like, I can't, I'm not going. I'm too young. And my coach was like, oh really? And I was like, yeah, no. And he was amazing. But I just thought that I was too young and I thought that I was, 
I needed more time and more, you know, uh, just to go slow. Because it's, it's all, it was weird. It was almost like I had this thought that if I took my time that I would last longer in the sport. I knew, like, I already knew that to be true. Yeah. I was very intuitive in that way. And yep. So I didn't even want to lift weights. I didn't want to, like, nothing in just, high school. I just wanted to, like, swim and have fun and, like, dilly-dally. You were dilly being dally. advised to lift weights and do all that with it? Or? Not, like, in a forceful way. But, yeah. like, here's an option. Sure. I think you could lift weights, and I think you could, you know, he'd, he'd pick people that, like, he thought could take it to the next level. Yeah. And I never did. You're, and yeah. he was like, oh, she's not ready. It was, like, the running joke. Like, he was the best coach, but he was like, Brooks is ready, like, you know, <laughs> to my parents. And then they'd be like, she's always going to do what she wants to do. Like, good luck. They were really good. <laughs> but, like, my dad would, you know, nudge, like, maybe you should try it. I never did. I, like, did dumbbells, like, maybe for, like, a couple months. Yeah. You know, but like. But you were purposely kind of holding yourself back. Yeah. There was no like program that was like, you know, very functional for swimming. So I was, I was purposely holding myself back and didn't really lift weights till college. Oh, we're going to get into that. I can't wait to dive into that topic. I want to know, um, well, a a couple things. One, I wanted to know what were you swimming? So. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to know is around that time when you were kind of holding yourself back, were there Mm. other things in your, um, in your life, you know, in those younger years that were, you know, maybe just as attractive as swimming or like, like was swimming your, your be all thing or were there other things that, you know, I loved tennis and I loved cross country, but nothing was ever really like substantial enough to be in my life forever at that, you know, I was dating them, but I wasn't going to like have it be my boyfriend kind of idea, you know, like I knew that and I knew, but I also knew that the cross training was like really helpful for swimming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really care. Was there anything outside of sport? No. It was a sport. Yeah. You were that. Did you have uh, any? Art. Art? Yeah. Yeah. I lied. I was like big into art and photography and I took a ton of classes in high school and did a ton. That was like my AP track or whatever. And then I like had to drop that because of swimming. Like, okay, here's a theme that's going to happen a lot in here is like swimming was a big sacrifice because it's like doubles every day. I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot. And so you really don't have a lot of time for anything else. You're at meets on the weekends. You miss prom because of juniors. You miss you know, senior dance, whatever festival because of senior nationals or whatever it is. And you have to just stick to it because the thing is, is my swimming world was my world. Like my friends, there were my friends. Like it wasn't like I was missing that much. Right. And it was kind of like the jock in school that like wasn't the popular jock, but the jock that, you know, everybody's like, she's just doing her thing. Like I was very to my, I just did my thing. Like I didn't ever go out and party at all. Like, I didn't even have a drink until college. Like, I didn't even know what any of that was. I would never go out on the weekends. They'd invite me. I'd never go. I just didn't care. Like, you weren't interested. I was very uninterested. Like, I didn't care at all. I had, like, one boyfriend. I think we held hands once and went to one movie. <laughs> like, I just did not care. And I was, it was one of those things where I was, like, the happy-go-lucky Caroline, like, personality of the room. But, like, the second that it had to be something that was, like, a social event or like a big setting I was out like I just liked to do my thing and I don't know what it was I just didn't care do you think that um, it was so weird I just didn't want to do any of it I'm still the same way 
Do you, well, I wonder if, um, so I wonder if it's, if it was because you just didn't have an interest or that's one part of it, but do you think that it's also, cause you and I have mm. talked about this briefly before. I feel like if I actually took a test, I would be, um, uh, what is it called? Oh my gosh. Now my mind is, okay, so not an introvert and not an extrovert. Oh. And, uh, ambivert. Yes. You know, so I'm so, definitely an ambivert. Yeah. I feel like I'm an ambivert with way more introverted tendencies, Same. though. And I think we talked about that. So do you think mm-hmm. that that was also part of why you... So here's my thought on the misconception of um, of the whole extrovert-introvert thing. I think people deemed as... So people come up to me like, you're, you're not extra like you don't like going like I would picture you someone that would be like out on the night on the town right you know yeah like hang loose yeah wild right (laughs) taking down pure av you know (laughs) oh god last thing I want to do like literally the very last thing I want to do and I think the interesting thing with that is the people that are fulfilled with social settings where they have meaningful contact Mm -hmm. so Meaningful contact is relative to what everybody thinks. So your meaningful contact could be totally different than mine. Sometimes mine is like literally going to Whole Foods and talking to people. <laughs> then I'm tired. <laughs> right? Because that's like meaningful to me because for some reason I feel I belong in that environment. That's fun for me. It's on my own, but I can still have social contact with people and make friends. But I don't have to go any further than that. You know, and so that that can be a form of meaningful contact. Another form could be going to coffee with somebody, sitting and talking for hours. Right. That's social to me. Like, yeah. that is extroverted mm-hmm. to me. That doesn't mean you need a whole crowd to get you going. It just means that, like, your energy being brought in is what you deem as meaningful. So I think the whole, like, extrovert-introvert thing is kind of bullshit, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I 100% get my energy alone. 100%. I could spend days without seeing a human being. Right, I do. I do too. <laughs> I spent all weekend. <laughs> literally forty eight hours. Everyone's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm on the couch. What are you doing? I'm at Palace Various Cliffs. What are you doing? I'm like, why like I'm just gonna do my thing. Like what I are mean, you doing? Snapping a social picture. Social media now. We don't even need that's I'm the literally worst part. I'm sitting at a cafe in Palos Verdes with a bag of seaweed chips and a LaCroix. <laughs> like, well, you know? And, I mean, I'm just saying, like, and I don't really give a shit if anybody thinks anything otherwise. And I tell my athletes this that I work with. I'm like, it doesn't matter what fuels you. Do what that is. Do what makes you feel good. And don't yeah, go into hiding. But own it if you are going to. Well, yeah. And if it's what you naturally, if, if it's... You know, it's not like, I feel like I'll speak for both of us here. You know, my time in solitude is not because there aren't people I couldn't spend time with or I'm, Mm. you know, uncomfortable or trying to. It's just because I love it so much. I love to reflect. I love to think. I love to, you know, it's my creative time where I get to write. It's creative. I think a lot of artists are that way because you can entertain yourself with your body or with a medium or with a pen and paper with your hands or whatever. Totally. And that's the thing is, like, I think that if you have something that you can create, Mm -hmm then you're okay. Right. Even if it's, you know, people love creating podcasts or, like, digital work or art or if people are in fitness world and they want to just go off and create programming on their own and play with a kettlebell by themselves in the park, like, go do it. You don't need 10 people. That's such a great point because I feel that people that have... 
you know, that you're can't secure. sit with themselves, yeah. they have a harder time in so many ways in the sense of, like, they always need to kind of go out to get that stimulus yeah. um, rather than being able to just be within them. Yeah. And, again, it's not about, like, going out is a bad thing or it's, you know, there's something wrong by any means yeah. with connecting outside because we both do that too. But it's yeah. just... I think that there's a lot of value in being able to just be with oneself. 100%. And it's sitting with your shit, too. And I think that if you sit with it long enough, stuff comes up that, yeah. That you can address and you can learn from and you can grow from. And people that run from that, I think that is more scary. It's scarier to me, you know, than anything. And that's no offense to those people. That just means that maybe they're not there at that point in their life. I've been there. Sure. Like, where I could not sit with that at all. Like, everything else was a distraction. I would over-exercise. I would do both. You know, there's so many things that I would do as a distraction because I just couldn't sit yeah. in one spot. That's why this broken heel is my way of telling me to sit down and chill for the past year because I've spent my whole life trying to overachieve. And so I think that it's, like, a way to learn Right. That, like, you can sit with your shit. You can. It's very uncomfortable at the beginning. Well, but and once you, know, you do, you don't want anything else. You're like, yes, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> yeah, no, I Except think not that. not stuck in it. <laughs> I think that there's, um, there's action and no action. Ooh. Mm. You know, I've had this, I know. Um, <laughs> and that's all, folks. We're going to cut it. <laughs> cut. <laughs> well, it's like, to it came to me in meditation one day where it was like, Roxanne, mm. Can you sit and do, in quotations, nothing and still feel like mm. you're on your way to everything that mm. you want to create for your yeah. life? Like, can you basically just sit still yeah. and feel that you're still moving forward? Mm. It was such a profound... That's interesting. That's what meditation is so important to it's me. It's really important. And everyone's version is so different and how they do it. It's, like, interesting. I know. That's why the whole constant... Oh, my God. Rabbit yeah, holes. Yeah, here I we told go. You. We're going to go in a meditation going- rabbit hole. <laughs> This is something I'm passionate about, though, because I can't figure it out. Like, that's the one thing that I can't figure out because I have a problem doing things with titles that the rest of society is doing. Oh, God, I love you the so same much. Way. Wait, because I don't want people ask me, to, like, what kind time. of meditation do you do? I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Okay. I, is there so, a- let's go into this. <laughs> I have, my two best friends are obsessed with Headspace, and I, I'm, like, they, it works for them, yeah. and that's awesome. And I'm all about things that work for people, like I've said. I cannot listen to a man telling me what to do on a meditation thing, like, in that voice, in the robot voice. I'm like, oh. I haven't actually heard it, but I, I'm familiar with what Headspace is. But and I've heard. told them, both of them, like, this is awesome, but I'm just, there's something there that I don't resonate with. Yeah. And so after some diving around and diving into it, it was like, what works for you? And yeah. I'm, like, literally, like, taking a pen and just, like... It's like when you're a kid. What are those like um, toys that like the sketching doodle? Yeah, ones like you can. Yeah, it's like this weird like trance thing yeah. that I can like like draw a maze for hours, and then before I know it, it's been thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and I have no plan. Yeah, there's been no plan with my pen and paper. I just do it, and then that even though I'm sitting still, something is moving. Yeah, but there's no outcome. Sure, and I think that's like what I've learned is there's no. There doesn't need to be an outcome in meditation mm-hmm. because if you're trying to get there, guess right. what? You're never going to get there. You can get to enlightenment, but it's going to change every single day. Oh, it is. Light Watkins is the one that taught me that. He's like, it's going to change. Like, you're not going to get to enlightenment. And even if you get to enlightenment, you're going to get to the next enlightenment. Like, 
that's whole Buddha's whole thing is like the ever evolving, you know, like you're not going to just find it and then sit and chill and like go on a yacht and drink, you know, right. It doesn't stop. Like it's, (laughs) it keeps going. It's like, that's my tangent. (laughs) No, I love it though. I love it. I, you know, I connect with it so deep because meditation has been a part of my life for several years now. And Mm. the evolution of my meditation is, it's dope. I mean, it started years ago with like, okay, I'm going to set my clock for eight minutes and I'm just going to sit. And I would um, say, you know, affirmations out loud to myself. And then I would go into this kind of zone in my mind or whatever. It's on all. It's in another universe now. I mean, now. But see, you had an outcome at eight minutes. I had an outcome in eight minutes. But here's the thing. And that's okay, but that was probably at that point in time maybe it was what it was, was the pathway. Right. It was I needed, it was when you're formulating a habit. Yeah. It helped me to go, okay, this is good point. like it's meditation time. And so this is what I need to do to kind of get myself into this. And once I generated not just generated a habit, but I crystallized mm. the habit where it became mindless, mm. right? Then it, then I, I stepped into dimensions, you know, like whole nother levels now where, you know, ultimately for me, meditation is not a silent thing. Um, I mean, I'm not speaking out loud, but inside there's communication between what I call my muse, which Mm. is my highest self. Mm -hmm. And, but it's a very focused kind of, um, almost like conversation. I don't know if that's really the right, right word, but just how I said earlier, yeah these questions can yeah. come to me. Yeah. And it's a conversation with yourself. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, Even that is energetic word. Totally. And that's, it doesn't have to be words. Yeah. It's, or it's thoughts. It can be energies. Yeah. It truly like, that's actually what it really is, but mm-hmm. it does. I'm a logophile. I'm a lover of words and yeah, they come to me and I mean, some of the most profound, like here's another one. Um, where are you looking, rocks? Because wherever you're looking, that's where you're going. Right. You know, and it's just those yeah. neutralizing so easy, sta- but oh, so man. hard. <laughs> so easy, so hard, like, but whoa. so... But, like, for me, they're golden nuggets because mm-hmm. I get to take these things when yeah. I'm out of meditation and I get to apply them to my life and they, they really help. But, yeah, I... When I leave meditation, I always, always, always feel so... I just feel heightened. Yeah. I'm fucking ready. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And, it, and I didn't this, try yeah. to get there. Yeah. In fact, the, the constant that mm. takes place with meditation for me is surrender. The oh deeper the surrender, the higher I rise. And my job, my only job is to fucking let go. Mm. So my muse, right? Mm. My highest self yeah. can do all the work for me. That You're like striking major chords with me right now because... The whole surrender thing is, like, massive in my life at the current moment. Like, that word Ugh, has been okay. brought up gonna... everywhere in my life right now. It's like, surrender. I'm like, oh, what it's does so... that mean? You well, know, it's you like know... there's just, there was a negative connotation around that for so long in really? my life. Was it, did you? Because surrender means you quit. Go. Mm, I so love this so much. Now I'm learning. But it's interesting because it didn't used to mean I quit when I was little and like Catholicism was what I grew up in and that wasn't quitting that was like transcending you know and but now that I look back like that meant quitting in my sport for so long to surrender means like oh, I throw in the towel well game was over it semantics or was it actually like so maybe we'll go back I don't right know, maybe both yeah 
So we go, let's go, just remember, I'm like, we're yeah. going to be, you go on those, I'm, I follow, like I said, I follow you. Well, I'm curious because, so you, you basically at this point where you're holding yourself back, but you obviously have the talent, you're competitive at that point. Like, yeah. do you know that about yourself? You're aware of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But you're just like, eh, I'm going to take my time and I'm going to kind of hold back. Um, yeah. But, okay, so what happened after that, actually? I'm curious. So where did you... Go. After, like, when I was, so like, you, 15, 16. Is that, that's then? when you made that's, that? Yeah, so that's yeah. when, yeah. And then, you know what's weird? It's, like, such a blur. I think that the goal and the outcome is to go to college on a scholarship, and so, like, you just want to get there. Right. And then you get there, and it's like you got to start all over again, because it's the next four-year cycle, you know. And so, actually, I made the Olympic trial cut, which... Luckily, I fell in the best window of Olympic trials right after senior year of high school and right after senior year of college because that was that four year, like 2004, 2008. Yeah. So it was nice, you know, like some people hit like right in the middle and it's awkward and then you like, you know. Yeah. So I go to um, Olympic trials right after my senior year of high school and I got ninth in the 400, so I almost missed making it back. And then I think I got like 17th or something in the 200s. That's first alternate because <laughs> I take 16. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like 17 years old. And I made, you know, and I made it. Blah, blah, blah. But I was like stoked at the same time that I didn't have to go back and swim finals because I like, you know, I wasn't going to make the team. And I take two, you know. So, but it was just like, yeah, like, you, you know, I don't have to make it back, but like I almost made it back. <laughs> so, um, and then I went to college, so that was right before college, and then I go to college, the University of Florida, and it's like you start over all over again. Everything that you've ever done is great, but you're starting over, completely starting over. Your whole, like, training, mindset, lifting, everything, like, school it's and a different boys arena, and, like, right? all these yeah. different crazy, like, teams and everybody's all in one weight room and there's, like... 400 pound football players and like five foot like four foot seven gymnasts and you know you're just like whoa like this is so different right so like just everything like culture shock and I mean it was Florida so it wasn't that big of a culture shock but like your whole world is reframed like you're almost reborn right and um so but you don't I think that year was probably, you know, a big year for me because I think I probably did surrender now that I think about it, but I didn't know that that was the word to a new mindset, to a new form of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I bought in to it all and I did really well my freshman year. I like made, I won SECs in a couple events. Like we set an American record in our relay and then I went to NCAAs. I got second in my events there What were your as events? a freshman, 200, 500. 500 is short course yards, 400 is long course meters, like Olympic distance. So 200, 500. Um, and then, yeah, and then sophomore year was awful because my expectations were so high and my coach's expectations were so high. And it was just like, you know, you try and control everything again. Mm-hmm. And that whole new environment that you just went into that's brand new and all these new people and new, it's already old. I'm a year old now, like, you know, and you're awkward. You're, like, not an upperclassman yet, but you're, like, not young anymore, and you're just in the sophomore year funk, and I had a hard time that year um, doubting myself, really learning about myself, learning about my body, learning about training, learning about nutrition, learn, like, everything was finally, like, you bought in, you just did everything you're told, like, good little freshman, and then sophomore year, you're kind of like, well... 
like, what do I do now? You know? <laughs> and, like, where do I go from here? You know? And so you have to, like, reset everything again. So there's lots of rebirths and understanding of who you are as a person as you, as you, you know, go to college and learn. Um, I mean, not to mention even just God, outside of you as the athlete, there's just you as the human, yeah. the woman, the yeah. young girl yeah. evolving, dealing with, you know, social things, oh my God. hormones, like oh. was loving your life. I mean, I yeah. mean, there's all that stuff that is happening at the same time, which is, you know, that's the thing about being an athlete like you, where you're, you know, you have to be so disciplined and so focused and so, you know, just all in with it, mm. working through that evolution, those evolutions at the same time as being a human and just yeah. all the other aspects of your life that yeah. are taking place, which are so legit. Yeah. You know? It was it's a yeah, lot. It's a it heavy a load. Lot. It was a lot. And I, it all became real. Yeah. You know, it becomes real again that like, oh my God, I did really well freshman year and now I could make the Olympic team in three years if I really buckled down, but holy shit, how much did we just train? I got to do that for three more years. And, you know, and it's just like this whole, it's not like a sparkling new shiny thing anymore. It's like, you've got to, it's past the honeymoon phase, you know? Yeah. You got to put the real work you in. You got to put the real work in and you got to understand who you are as a person and like blah, 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 you know? And it was all this like deep diving stuff that I wasn't mature enough to do yet. And okay. so sophomore year was like maturation phase, like times a thousand, like grow up understand who you are get over your shit like you know well, what were you no what were one's your gonna feel like? sorry for you if you, this happens no one's gonna feel sorry for you if this happens it's not that you ask for that but you kind of are not babied anymore got it yeah big girl pants you're yeah <laughs> like you're past your toddler you're phase your like you know figure it out put on your shoelaces by yourself kind of mindset like okay shit you know so yeah. it was that second evolution of that I think for for me in my life um I was a late bloomer though I mean, I didn't even start my period till I was, like, end of senior year of high school. Oh, really? No. Wow. Word. I was, like, skinny little rail. You know, I didn't have any hormones in my body. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you didn't I have mean, any hormones. there was, like, zero. Well, you were, yeah, I mean, we were looking at pictures, and you, I mean, your physique, naturally, I mean, you have, your bone structure's amazing, and, like, just the way that you can build muscle, but we, prior to lifting weights, I mean, you oh were, God. I was, you were... Just gangly. I mean, my wingspan's like six two, six three. Yeah, wow. You know, damn shoulders, so good. I mean, you guys right don't now, get to see it crutches. right now, but I'm like... <laughs> shoulder Dude, workouts from the crutches. Uh, no, I'm not kidding. If if you guys don't have a gym, just like go get some crutches and crutch around for like two weeks. You will instantly. That's, that's I'm not true. kidding. That's Pretend legit. you have an injury <laughs> and go crutch around. <laughs> Like, you will get in shape. Just don't manifest one. No, don't <laughs> manifest one, but you'll get in shape. Your abs and your shoulders and your lats. It's full body. It's gnarly. Men, you'll like it. <laughs> Just pretend you have, like, a t you stub your toe or something. <laughs> My Wait, toe. did you, um, were you hungry to be an Olympian at that point? Good question. So, when I was 10, I made, and I'll have to find this and send it to you, I made this, like, worksheet with my coach that was like, what do you want to do? And I put, I want to go to the Olympics with an IX at the end. Oh. And I was very like quiet and secretive with my goals. Like I didn't like setting goals. So, cause I didn't want anybody to see, you know, I was very superstitious, you know, it just, it's not going to come true if I put it on paper. Kind of like, Oh mindset. really? Wow. Which is interesting for what I do now. But, um, so it was like, I knew, and I always looked up to the people that did, but I didn't want that to be like the only thing that I wanted 
to do. There was something weird in my life where I felt, I felt like I had to have more than just swimming always. And it wasn't necessarily a thing, but it was like a mindset. Like you're not just a swimmer. You have more to you than that, you know, but what is it? We don't know, but just know that you're not just going to settle and only be that, you know? Um, so I knew, like I knew freshman year, I knew, I knew I was going to make it. Like I knew deep down that I was going to make the team. I wasn't going to not kind of thing. But I also didn't want that to be my only reason for existing and my only reason to go to the pool every day and train. And, um, you know, I wanted to just make a community and make a world and, and be a part of, of something, you know. And I think that was the whole inclusion thing was huge for me. Yeah. meaningful relationships and um, being a leader and I, like I liked all that mm-hmm. um, so yeah to answer your question I knew that I was but it wasn't the thing that I was like I'm not gonna you know like that's it if I don't make it I'm like right yeah and I think that mentality can be dangerous for people you know I think they should know what they want but if you pigeonhole yourself into only one thing is when you end up getting very upset in my, from my experiences. You could, yeah. Not just sure. in sport, in anything. Like, no, if it doesn't turn sure. out the way I want, it's like, well. I, I like the idea of having a focus and being steady with it, mm-hmm. but I love the idea of not clinging. Uh, so, but in, attachment. In, yeah. yeah, no, no gripping. You know, I say that often on Black Belt Beauty, loosen the grip. Right. Because what it, it doesn't mean, and this goes back to the surrender, it doesn't mean that you are not committed and that mm. you're not focused and that you don't want this thing, that whatever that thing is. It just means that you leave this soft kind of breathing room, this this ability to, to essentially kind of move with flow. And I always kind of, the other aspect I, I, of it I like for me move is... move flow thing. Move with flow, yeah. yeah. And just... And, and I always, I feel like, let life surprise you because I trust that the surprise, I could have this grand vision of something that I really want and work towards it every single day, mm-hmm. but leaving that little crack in the door. So true. It, it's me saying, hey, you know, for me, I say universe, if you want to fucking blow my mind yeah. with something that's far beyond what I can even imagine, because yeah. I know it will only level up what I'm envisioning right now, yeah. by all means, I'm open to that too. Yeah. But it's leaving a crack in the door so that you're just, so you're not gripping, you're not clinging, you're focused. And if anything, I think it helps to stay in alignment with the process and the path. And essentially, it helps the process fucking feel better. And that's the whole, like, for me, it's the idea. I think it's that element of opportunity and creativity, too. When you see that crack in the door and you know it, you pull things from what you see into what you have now. Versus having, like, the fixed mindset. You know, like, if you have a fixed mindset, then you're not ever going to see what's possible past a certain point. You're only doing what... That's, like, it. You know? So boring. And it can be that... It's so boring. (laughs) Literally. I mean, I... I I can't. I can't. That's why I'm a makeup pro. I have a podcast. I'm writing a book. I have all kinds of... But Well, you like to create. Those are your canvases. And I think that's something that you have to see is, like... If you don't see things beyond your scope, then you're not really going to create in the now. I mean, shit, like, let's, like, go back to the pioneer days. I mean, they knew things were on the horizon, but, right. you know, like, they're, they don't know for sure, but they knew it was there right. and still create that, like, culture in that world right now. And I think that that's been, it's like a cheesy example, but it's 
kind of true. I mean, why are we all here? You know, so. Right. Vision. Well, I, love, like, I say that often, too. Like, it's like, here it's we rather are. than looking at things from this one, di- I frame it as like, it's a one di- one dimensional viewpoint is looking, whereas you know, the wider viewpoint, the almost 360 or bird's eye view is looking from vision. Yeah. And that's the only way I want to be looking for my life. You know, yeah. it's just so much, so much more rich. And it's scary. Oh, fuck yeah. It's really scary. And some days I don't have anything in me to look forward or look ahead. You know, it's like, huh, what do I have to look for? You know, you have that whole like, <laughs> victim mindset. But I mean, I think that that's normal. Like, that's how you recognize what you do want to go forward to if you you know what I mean well I think for, I imagine someone like you who is you're naturally driven I think that you hold high standards for yourself yeah I don't think you could have accomplished the things that you have accomplished already um, if you didn't have those standards and I think that maybe sometimes when you get to that level or that place in your mm-hmm. mind that you just expressed it's almost like, a, I imagine, I could be so fucking off, mm-hmm. but it's almost like you have to go there just so you, that other part of you, that bigger part of you, mm-hmm. that high fucking standard part of you, yeah. like, oh, oh, okay. Who, no, 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 no. This yeah. is not your jam. Yeah. This is your jam. Yep. Let's get, let's, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah. You have to pivot a million times. I mean, come yes. On. The amount of times that I've done something that I think is going to be the thing or whatever you call it, you know? Yeah. As if there's like an end to it all. Fucking comma, comma, comma. I literally, comma, yeah. Literally. <laughs> I mean, I, I've pivoted so many times and then pivot back to what you first initially started with and you're like, oh. You but know, you're richer because you have so much more... So much more experience. Like, I'm just now getting back to my creative phase when that was, like, the first thing that I did as a little girl and then went to fashion school when I was done swimming in, at FITM in downtown L.A. and then didn't want to do it and then left and started a business, you know, went back to school for sports psychology, started a business, and now I'm, like, going back to the creative side because I miss it so much and that's, like... And I'm not done with what I'm doing right. business-wise, but it's, like, that's something that makes me light up like I'm so happy I love that you know and I don't know where it's gonna go I don't have a clue but I also think that I'm seeing the possibility there and I think it takes a little bit of time to you know if I can like relate it to swimming it's like you know where you want to go and you know that like you know that you're gonna be good or like what you're gonna do and you have that like inner confidence yeah but there's no like I'm not pigeonholing myself into this expectation that if I don't, that I'm going to be a piece of shit, you know? And I think when you can come to that conclusion with whatever you're doing in like a career or life or whatever that like you, you may not know, but don't pigeonhole yourself because then you're just creating this like, if I don't do this, that like that line will kill everybody. If I don't do that. Like, kills dreams right totally. there. Like, entirely. And I think that that's... It's subconscious. You may not say it to yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, okay, let's say you're a... I don't know, financial planner or whatever. And it's like, you have to meet this quarter Your sales. Like, mm-hmm. you're in sales. If I don't get to that, you're not going to get to it then. Like, what is it that you want to see? And don't pigeonhole yourself into that. Sure, it's a goal. And if you don't hit it, then yeah, you may miss a lot of money or whatever. But, like, what else are you actually doing it for? Oh, that's so. Do you beautiful. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it doesn't. I love that you said that. I just, I that's have so a, great. an issue with that. Like, and I, I'm a culprit. Like, everything that I say is not because I'm perfect at it. Ever. Oh, well, yeah. It's. I think my it, opinions are totally what I'm working on. 
Right. You know, well, so. same for sure. Yeah. No, but it's beautiful. And I think it's, it's, it's mind opening because, you know, I mean, essentially that puts so much ease in the process too, mm. you know, which I think is what allows one to really move the needle forward totally. and to make real progress, yep. um, you, richer progress yep. too. So I think that the, I love that you said that. Cause I think that there's value, you know, for people who are listening, who might, approach things that yeah. way and yeah. it's not as comfortable for sure and it's no. it's limiting that's the whole thing yeah it'll be yeah. so uncomfortable yeah but I don't think anything that I've ever done in life has been comfortable okay so we're gonna I mean, <laughs> not even sitting on a beach because then you're like I should be doing something else okay all right Oh my gosh, there's so much with you. I love you. We let's have that, that let's, seven episodes. <laughs> no, I know. We have we have chapters, truly, because there's just so much yeah, with you, which is exciting. Chapters. I um The Chronicles of Carol. Like, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> the Crons. The <laughs> My brother keeps putting that on stories on Instagram. Like I, the blank crons. And oh I was like, what does that mean? And he was like, Chronicles. And I was like, what? Like, is this a new thing that I missed out on? He's like, yeah, bro. I'm like, oh my god. I'm gonna start putting oh that now. The cron, like the cron, just like walking down the street, like street crones. Like <laughs> part one. Like, I'm really gonna call our podcast people, episodes Chronicles keep, Carol. Just please, because like, what's the point of like? Oh, yeah, it's like everything's a chronicle. It really is. Well, it keeps going. I want to get to um, when you. Let's go into when you actually get to the point where you're now gonna be in the Olympics. Like mm. what? What, what what happened there? What happened from sophomore to the time that you basically make it to go to Beijing? So, oh my gosh, these stories. That's could a big be question. So actually. long. I well, know. I just realized so many years of yeah. Okay, the short of the long. Once we learned the the sweet ticket of how to, how I train best, Mm -hmm. how I recover best mentally and physically and how I communicate with my coaches best was how I, you know, created that pathway. So like if I broke those three things down, how I communicate best was like, literally I would be, Every practice before, after, I would, there was, like, how do you feel, scale 1 to 10, like, scaling questions, like, what's going on? Like, I needed that, but also needed to not overthink, so it was, like, a very simple, like, give me your rating, descriptive word, and go kind of thing versus, like, too feely because then I, like, get worried about everything. Um, the mental and physical aspect of it all was learning to buy into what I was doing and to be a little bit more of a bitch, which was like a theme. Cause if I could create that as a positive thing, I had this negative connotation around like being a bitch or whatever, but I created into this, like that means that you are confident with yourself mm-hmm. and like your ability to do something. And if that's what you need to wrap your head around, like to do it then do it. So that was a big thing for me. And then the physical aspect um, recovery wise and training wise, I was not a workhorse. Like I need lots of recovery and min- like not as much training. Still really focused and like specialized training and sets and everything, but I could not for the life of me. Like if I had to overtrain or train too much or whatever for a week, I was toast for like a month. 
Like yeah. adrenals done, night sweats, like the whole nine, like puffy, you know. I mean, I just, I get overtrained really easily. And so yeah. there'd be some days when I was so overtrained, so broken down, I would walk into practice and he could like either look at it under my eyes or he could like, we had our nutritionist like look at our tongue or, you know, like yeah. she was like really good. So it would be like, go sit in the hot tub. And I would get looks and eye rolls and the whole thing. They're all jealous. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> there were a couple people that had to do this, mainly yeah. dudes and me. <laughs> but, you know, it was something that once I think people accepted and figured out that that was how I – what I needed. And I felt guilty all the time. I would feel these feelings of, like, I should be doing this or that. But, like, that's what I, I needed. And that's how I contributed to the team so that I could be the happiest. And everybody else did their specific things as well. So that was really a big factor in me making the Olympic team. I think I, you know, sophomore year struggled with, like, finding my niche in training, like, what group I should be in, like, what, how much I should train, how much I should work. Like, we didn't know because freshman year was such an experiment, and I just bought in and did it all. So you have to kind of figure it all out again. Yeah. Um, but the biggest factor would probably be buy-in and belief in myself, you know. Yeah. And so – my senior year was great. I had the best NCAAs of my life and, like, won my events and broke Janet Evans, like, 18-year-old record in the 500. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, it was, like, so exciting. But all of a sudden, then the pressure sets in again, and I leave, and it was, like, Olympic trials in three months, you know. You're going to make it. And so all these, you know, you get, like, reporters calling you and newspapers and, like, you know, all this stuff. And I went into practice the first day. So I didn't want to go back to practice right away. But, like, you kind of have to because Olympic trials is so soon. So we didn't get any days off. And usually you get a week off after doing simple days. And I was so burnt out. I was like, screw this. And so I went into practice, pissed off, terrible attitude, awful. Coach looks at me and he was like, pick up your shit and get out of here. That attitude's not welcome on pool deck. Because, I mean, I was just, like, ugh, dragging my bag like diva, rolling my <laughs> eyes. You know, total shithead. And so, and I wasn't, like, it was weird because I was always, like, very, like, you know, on it and, like, communicative and whatever. And that was one of those days where coach is like, what's, up, what's wrong? Nothing. Oh. Like, that bullshit. You oh, know? yeah. 17 or, yeah. I mean, eight, 19, you know. Nothing. <laughs> what's wrong, Burkle? No, I just don't want to. You know, like, what? <laughs> like, all of a sudden, I felt... But, but so here's the ticket, is that... Or here's the thing, is that I all of a sudden felt pressure. Oh. And I all of a sudden felt expectation. And so I was scared. And so by going back to when I was a little girl, mm-hmm. I went off of fear and I was, like, doing everything to, like, avoid pain and fear and, like, didn't know what to do or how to say, you know... So I just said, like, not, like that was my way of being, like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Right. Like, I don't believe myself anymore. Yeah. And so it comes out in a different way. It's like... Very passive aggressive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you want people to pay attention to you and ask you what's wrong and, like, talk to you and call to you and tell you you're going to be fine and make it. Mm -hmm. But fast forward, I'm not five years old anymore. Like, ain't nobody going to do that for me. Right? (laughs) So, but you fall back into those traps sometimes. So I just came off, like, the best season of my life and here I am dragging my equipment. Anyway, long story short... He kicks me out of practice. I gladly accept, and I take my bag, and I go into the locker room, and the female coach comes running after me, and I'm, like, bawling my eyes out. And, you know, coach is banging on the women's bathroom door, and I'm like, I'm naked. You can't come in, you know, and I'm, like, screaming and and just bawling and bawling and bawling. And then finally I, like, get my clothes on, go out to the middle room, and coach comes in, and we're sitting on the couch in the common area, and we talk for four hours, and it was just, like, yelling at each other, fighting, like, you have a bad ass, you know, he's fathering me in a way, and I'm like, no, 
you know, like just and after two hours, it simmers down. And then we just sat there and we talked about why I felt so scared and what was going on. And I was like, I just, you know, everybody expects me to make it now. And like, I guess I've always known it's real, but now it's really real. And for some reason, like the fear of being really good was scary as shit. So, yeah. And so it was like, holy shit, I could make it. And then what? And then what? And I was like jumping way ahead. And um, so I went uh, that day. He like slapped a post-it note. It said April 7th, 2008. And I'll never forget that because he like he wrote it down on a piece of paper. He goes, don't forget this day. This is the day you bought in to the rest of your life. Like, you know, believing that you're going to be something great. And him and I had a tumultuous college relationship. Don't. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like, it was, like, fights here, fights there. Like, just, it was, it was gnarly. Like, but he was always believing in me. Like, at the end of the day, he believed in me so much. And that's... You trusted him? Yeah, and it was everything. Like, that was, like, that feeling of knowing that you have somebody that believes in you. And there were four other coaches, too, that were the same. And, um, and so he said, don't come back to practice until you get your attitude right. So I'll never forget the next day. Like, I didn't go in on purpose because I was like, I think I'm not supposed to go in yet. You know? But, like, I still didn't really want to. I, like, needed a break. So, I, like, sat in my academic advisor's office, like, scared that I was going to be, like, found out that I didn't go to practice, even though he told me not to come back, you know? So, I'm, like, sitting there twiddling my thumbs, checking my Nokia flip phone, like, is anyone texting me? <laughs> so, like, like, so I sit there, and I go back into practice. Or, no, yeah, I was scared. And so, the next day, I walked into practice. And get this, even better. I walk in, he goes, I still don't see it, get out. And I was like, damn it. I just tried, you know, so I leave. And then I go home and I'm like crying and I'm like calling my boyfriend who's a swimmer afterwards. I'm like, I can't do it, I'm just leaving. And I'm gonna go home and train with my club coach. And he's like, don't do that. Like, you know, he just wants to test you, I think. And I was like, okay, fine. So like I go in the next day and I was like purposely like annoyingly happy, you know? Hey! And he was like, that's still not real. And I was like, well, what do you want me to do? I literally looked him in the eyes like, what do you want me to do? And then I go, we don't have a lot of time. (laughs) And and then he goes, well, in that case, I'll take that answer. Get your ass in the pool. And that day, I like laughed so hard at this. That day we did four 200s from a push freestyle. And it was like, literally, I was still tapered. Like, mind you, I hadn't swam in four days. Like, we just came off taper for NCAAs. And I pushed, my last one, I pushed a 202 from a push, which... What does that mean, from a push? So, like, no dive. Like, not oh, from a start. In okay. a practice wow. suit, like, not suited. And I've never, I mean, I've never gone under, like, a 210 in practice before, ever. And he was like, what the fuck? You know, like, and I mean, I had been, like, my best time was, like, a 158 from a dive, you know? So... So what to make the, the Olympic again? team, you probably need to go 159, and I pushed a 202. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, pushing that, wow. and I beat all the boys, and I, like, I feel weird amazing. saying this, but he just looked at me, and he was like, bring that attitude to practice every day. And he's like, and I'll give you a day off a week in addition to your regular day off. Like, we're going to figure it out, like, blah, 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 because that's what, that's what I did anyway. I took two days off a week. But, so from that day on, it was like this weird switch. Like, I just knew that the peanut gallery out there and like everything out there was just like exhausting. And I just had to like focus on myself, mm-hmm. but, um, I'll never forget that practice. Cause Tim Hughes, one of the swimmers, the dudes, he like gets to the wall and he was like, this is freaking bullshit. She just beat me. Like, she's definitely going to make the team. Like what's going on, you know, and all this stuff. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like, what do you think it was in that moment? Like if you, I mean, if you could put it into words, what, 
what was the fire in your ass that day in practice? It was obviously a, a, it, like this kind of um, perfect storm of things that kind of came together. With I everything. think I just stopped thinking. Oh. Like the, so the interesting thing you that surrender? I want to note. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. And the interesting thing that I want to note here is the idea that like sports psych, quote unquote, and mindset work in sport is a catch-22, maybe. I don't know if that's the right term. But it's like this... It's this thing, right? Where you train people on how to think, but really you're training them on how to turn it off. Mm. So it's the whole meditation thing. Like, it's this whole, like, weird concept, right? So you're teaching somebody how to think, Mm -hmm. but you're teaching them how to turn it off. So it's... You can't market sports psychology by saying... Hey, we're just going to teach you how to not think. Right. Because that doesn't work. But that's the trick, is that's what it is. It's so interesting. So for some reason, I just surrendered, but I I just didn't care anymore. And it was like this, it, and don't take that the wrong way, I cared more than life itself. But it was like, I just, I just, like, got over myself, maybe. Like, I got over my thoughts because I realized they weren't me. I realized they were just shit coming in and out. You know, it's like I started to realize the whole meditative thing, but it didn't call it meditation. Like I started to realize what was coming in and out of me that wasn't like that was real, but I don't know. It's It's like you cared about the things that were important to care about, but you released the things you were caring about that were not important. Entirely. And I just did. Yeah. It's like, and it's, it is so true. And I think that's like the trickiest thing in anything in society now is they teach you, they, I don't even know who they are, but people <laughs> teach you and myself included how to think. And it's fantastic. But how to not think is harder and how to turn on your feelers and turn on your intuition and yeah this, yeah like well oh, I think you're without st- trying it's like this whole like mind fuck <laughs> it's like totally what do I do and I think people try and control that well that, I do that's why I think Albert Einstein was I mean I'm I not quoting him but it's you know living from living less from your, rela- your your rational mind right that's he's I there's a quote that I gotta find that he it's you know, so true it's like what um I think, like, Picasso, one of my favorite Picasso quotes, too, is, like, I have an idea and then I find another idea. But it's, like, you just you just keep going. Like, you don't have to dwell and, like, overthink this one thought and this one thing so long. Like, implement it and put it into action, but, like, don't sit there and try and create this whole monumental thing over, right. like, in your mind or scenario or whatever over one thought that falls into your head right and for me that's what I was doing is oh my god that came into my head like holy shit and I would like freak out and like mountain out of a molehill and this whole thing and I couldn't turn it off because I almost liked the drama oh my gosh I feel I loved the drama of that thought what do you think you loved about it oh my god like oh really uh, I liked overcoming it because I liked the idea and this is the whole pain pleasure thing it was almost like I wanted to go toward pain because it felt really good to overcome it so, like, if you overcome pain, then you've made it. Sure. Because in physical sense, mm-hmm. when you overcome pain, you have success. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. on the other side of that pain is success. Success. Hard race. Hard practice. It's that. And 
sure, that will always be something I love. But there, you shouldn't have to glorify that as being the reason why right. you're significant. And Does that make sense? A hundred percent. It's and something think, to do for endorphins, but not for significance. Like, totally. to get over pain doesn't mean you're significant. Well, and also, I think the evolved mind and the or enlightened mind, both maybe, um, well, obviously is realizing that there's other pathways to success that don't have to involve pain. That's and that pain's normal. Like, it's actually a good thing. It's not something to just get, overcome and get rid of. The, okay, and that's I what I kept trying too. to do, right? Like, yeah. you keep trying to do it, and then, like, oh, I overcame it. I'm done with it. It's gone. It's like, <laughs> no. Like, befriend it. Like, it's going to be there. It's not something you have to, like, get rid of. Sure. And, like, try and get past, you know? I think... Try and conquer... Yeah, but I think it's this, I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's the self-righteousness thing. And, and once I learned that, like, my happiness didn't come from overcoming pain or whatever, you know, that that was a thing. And that's maybe, huge. Yeah. Maybe that's what I realized after those days with Coach and doing all that is it's, like, to make it to the t- Olympic team, it didn't mean that I had to come in with a bad attitude and, like, glorify the drama of being tired and not wanting to be there. It's like, you know, embrace that shit. Like, it happened. It's not you. It's something that came into your mind. And move forward. Like, that's that's powerful. <laughs> and it's a lesson I, I tried to learn for years after I was done, too. Oh, my God. Years. Because it's in a different context after swimming. Right. So. Well, yeah. So there is, I mean. so many levels to this and layers yeah, well, and I I love it because I one of the things I want to ask you about um, once you kind of tell me a little bit about the Olympics is just you know I think to, there's so many valuable aspects of you know or ways mindset the whole thing being an athlete especially at a high level let me this is the best way for me to say it people always ask me mm. what do you train for. Mm. What are you competing? What do you train for? Right? Because they see me either because it's always at the gym or even at Whole Foods even. They're like, yeah. what are you, what yeah. are you, you know, if it's yeah. looking at physique. Life. Yeah. I'm not competing in anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not, comp- I'm, life is my mm. sport. Right? Mm. Literally. And I. It's so hard for me to accept for so long. It's so. And, well, and the thing is, is that. So, so much of this athlete mindset and lifestyle, the discipline, the focus, all that helps all these other areas of my life Mm. while I'm creating this Mm -hmm. kind of ecosystem of, you know, businesses and just moving through my life, period, right? All those things we can take from, you know, being an athlete. I mean, I'm, you know, I can only imagine for you, especially because being an Olympian is a very, Mm. it's a, it's, I mean, it's the top, it's the Mm. top of the top, right? Yeah. Um, So taking, you know, what you've learned from being an athlete um, in the, in that period of your life and then applying it to the rest of oh, your life. So it's it's never going to go away. Yeah. Really? It's hard. Oh my God. That honestly is probably like a two hour conversation. <laughs> the chronicles. Oh my cool. God. It's so well, good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, it's, good. it's, and it's something that I'm so passionate about because it's showing up more and more and more in athletes and retired athletes. I mean, there's whole like support programs and everything now from the Olympic committee and like it's gnarly. Like, really? it's a big thing because, I mean, God, it's like the whole NFL, like, thing. Like, not for long. Like, and then they get done and they go bankrupt. And, you know, it's like, and, like. I've never heard of know, that. That's yeah, amazing. well, it's because it's like no one knows what to do with themselves. 
Yeah. And it doesn't mean they're bad people at all. I mean, no, they're fantastic no, 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 no. humans, but it's it. like they just don't know how to channel their energy into something else because it's always overcoming or getting to that destination and to that result and to that thing that if you don't, it's like, what are you good for? What are you good for? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that was, oh my gosh, that was such like a crazy time in my life though, just going to the Olympics and realizing all that because again, I always knew that I was going to be more than just that, but there was something that I felt like I would be missing if I didn't embrace those moments and stay in that moment, you know? And I think that taught me a lot about being in the moment because I didn't know what was going to come after that. It was an awkward stomp after that. (laughs) I was done with college. Like it was literally like eligibility was done. You make the Olympic team. Like, you know, for a fact going into Beijing in my situation that I was done. Like, I didn't have to go back and train in NCAA. Like, we didn't... I was done. Wow. My eligibility was up. Like... Right. You can either be a professional, get picked up and keep going, or you're done. Like, you can cut it off anytime you want. Swimming's like that, right? Like, you know? My eyebrows are all raised. I'm like... Okay, yeah. Wait, hold on. So, you go to the Olympics. Crazy. And what happens? Um, so, we... I was on a relay. Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to get first, and we got third. However... I always feel like a bitch for saying that because <laughs> everyone's rolling their eyes, I'm sure, and maybe I'm maybe I'm generalizing that, but, oh, so you're upset you got a bronze medal in the Olympics, you know, that's the cool mindset. But it's just like anything else. If you go, you know, and you're supposed to win something and you get third, then it doesn't matter what stadium or whatever it is, you still have that, like, oh, like, what could have happened? But it was the most beautiful time of my life at the same time. You know, like, God, like, that was, like, the most fun I've ever had. Like, standing on a podium in front of the world. And honestly, at that time, you really don't give a shit. You're like, woo! You know? (laughs) It's only afterwards that you're like, oh, damn it. Like, you know, we should have. Because it's such a close race. And it's such, you know, everybody's within tenths of a second of each other. The best in the world. Like, it's fingernails and hair, like, you know, by the hair of your chinny-chin-chin. So... (laughs) You literally can't complain. Like, it's not a thing that you, you know, should feel bad about. But there's always that inner fire that's just like, oh, my God. So, but it's a blur. Like, I don't remember any. I mean, Olympic trials is way harder. It's way more painful um, just because you're trying to make it. So, uh, USA is really hard to make. I mean, to put it in perspective... To, you could get, like, 16th at Olympic trials in America and get fourth at the Olympics with that time. Wow. Do you know? And, yeah. and it, other countries are getting a lot faster as the years have gone on, a lot faster. But that wasn't necessarily the case in, like, 0408 time. Like, America dominated. Like, I mean, it was, you know, no comparison. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's crazy. And so I think that it's just like a really, it, just thinking back to it, it's like such a whirlwind and a blur. Like, I don't even remember racing. I can, I can understand that. I, 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 I as funny as it might sound, because it's such a, you know, big moment of your life. But I think that it's almost because you're so hyper-focused in it. I don't know. I imagine this is what. You don't feel your body. Like, everything's just flow. Like, literally, everybody, you know, when they say your best races are your best feelings, and I'm sure you've had this experience, you're like, what happened? You're like, I don't know. Because you're just... You're, you're just, in like, in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so it's hard to explain that yeah. to people. 
Right. I that makes perfect sense. So to I like me. never know what to say. I'm like, I don't know. You're all blacked Watch out. Watch the video. Yeah. <laughs> but like even then, like the video isn't like uh, it doesn't do you know, like you don't. There wasn't even like media back then, really. You know, like there's yeah. not like there's like a YouTube video maybe, but like it's not. There wasn't like a ton of media. No, it was until 2012. Gosh. Yeah, there's right. not. We had no, we so, we social. We had social media. No. It was not. I know. We didn't even have phones in the village. I was on tour with American Idol. Yeah. Oh, that's right. At that time, touring the country. Isn't that funny? Dude. I remember I it so well. <laughs> Who are you with? Um, so, you know, the top ten, yeah. they they win, or yeah. they get to travel and do, like, a concert yeah. tour. Um, so it was when Dave Cook won, oh. and I went on tour with um, with American Idol. It was my first, um, well, really my only domestic tour. It was. It That's was so rad. It was so cool. It was such a great that experience. That world's so they foreign were, to me. I'm like, what? I know. Well, it was. Yeah. I watched Kelly Clarkson and like. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I don't watch America. I don't watch TV. I oh, watch yeah. UFC fights and that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But um, I, you know, the opportunity actually came to me at the same time that an opportunity to go on tour with Madonna oh, came. My God. And Madonna's um, tour was a six month world tour, but I would be working with the dancers, whereas Idol was, um, I was, we call it's called, like, you're in the A-team, so I was the key, mm-hmm. um, and it was a domestic tour for three months, and so, you know, I love the idea of being on the world tour, especially because yeah. my girlfriend was um, doing Madonna's makeup, and then one of my very best friends was the other makeup artist to work on the dancers, so it would have been a really cool experience, but strategically, it just was, it made more sense to take the, you know, yeah. a, a position, and yeah. And, and, you know, and it ends up being the, the path that served me best. Um, but it, I remember, because um, that's when I started this blog at the time, blog. Like, people just started blogging. Yeah, then. it's, like, cool. Yeah. It was funny. And that fucking word, I hate it. But it was... Now um, I want to, like, interview you. I'm like, oh, I want to know all about this. <laughs> like, if we flip the script next time, I'm just going to, like, start asking you questions. And be so, like, oh, my gosh. You well, the greatest person. <laughs> it's like when you're on the bus at American Idol... <laughs> Well, I remember, um, I still have the post because I was so into watching the Olympics because when I was, um, yeah. up into my teenage years, I was a competitive runner and I had the mindset, the goal, the intention. I was like, I'm going to the Olympics. I ran yeah. the 800, I ran the 1500, um, I ran cross country, but that was a separate thing. Um, but I was a runner and you know, my dad, like, it was all, like, Flojo is my, my, my yeah, idol, you know, yeah. I was like, I'm going to oh, the Olympics, yeah. Flojo, I'm going to go to Stanford, I'm going to go, well, no, that didn't happen, um, it's funny, I end up, you know, so surfing kind of overtook my life, and, and then it's that so set awesome. me on a whole different path, but it's funny that one of my very best friends would end up being, you know, a gnarly Olympian and yeah. who went to Stanford. Yeah. Who, you know, it's Isn't just that it funny, funny how that, yeah. And I didn't even like get to hang with any of them. Like at the Olympics, you don't hang with people, you yeah, know, sure. you're, you're literally like, like in the zone. And that's like the funny thing is people, oh, you get to like do all these things. I'm like, no, you like go to the village, eat, go to your venue on a bus, shuttle bus, shuttle buses back. And then your massage recovery, go to bed in the village. Like, Oh you don't God. talk or see anybody. Like, you get to, like, maybe meet people from your building or, like, other, like, gymnastics we met. Just because the team's so small and they were in our building. But, you know, it's like most people, you don't. You're not. You really yeah. just don't. I mean, you get to meet them maybe, but it I, just bums me out. I'm like, I could have, like, I would have known all these people, you know? Yeah. yeah that, it's crazy. It's so funny how. 
But it makes We're sense because you're in there. You just don't know. Yeah. Well, you guys are hyper focused. Oh, yeah. You on, don't, you on, don't care. On, about on, you're on a fucking mission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To say the least. <laughs> Shit, this mission. Um, <laughs> you. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If you can put it into one thing, what would be the greatest thing that you took from your swimming career and what is the greatest lesson? Ooh. I know, I'm a bitch. That's The greatest, like, feat or, like, accomplishment in my swimming career? Is that what you mean? Hmm. Now I want both. (laughs) Now I want more. So greatest... Yeah, tell me. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do, like, one of each of those. Okay, cool. Okay. The greatest accomplishment... Despite what people may think about, like, the Olympics being the greatest accomplishment, I honestly liked my individual medal at NCAAs in the 500 because Janet Evans was, like, my hero as a little girl and literally I would watch her at every Olympic Games just, like, crush souls in her. She's, like, five foot four, like, this little powerhouse just, like, dominating everybody and just was adorable. And so I think it was such an honor to to have that record, the American record in the 500 because no woman had ever broken hers in 18 years. And so it was just, like... It was a cool feeling, and I think there may have been, like, some female empowerment feeling in there or something, you know? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I love that. But it was, there was something there, and I think, um, so like I said, I mean, gosh, I, the Olympics, nothing compares, but there was something about that special moment as well, just because you, like, are swimming for a team, University of Florida, that, like, I trained with for four years, and given everything that had to, and they're, like, right behind you yelling and screaming, and, you know, and so I think that's just, like, the biggest that was a cool feeling. Um, and then, like, emotionally, um, personal gosh. evolution. Yeah. I would say, uh, I would say learning that you can associate pain with pleasure. So, like, the takeaway there. And this is just like a very basic example. I used to look at a pool and think of pain for a long time after I was done. And then when I realized that it was actually the happiest place for me in the whole world, I'm like, you have a whole new enlightenment. So I think like taking away the concept that you can be in pain and still have pleasurable experiences it doesn't mean that you have to have one or the other. And I think that that's been a huge takeaway that I've learned over the past couple of years that swimming taught me that you're going to be in pain. It's going to suck. It's going to hurt physically, emotionally, mentally with your teammates, with your coaches, with yourself, like everything. But that's the most pleasurable experience at the same time. And so if you can learn to associate those two, that they're not negatives or that pain's not like a negative thing that you have to like hate um or try and avoid yeah yeah because I used to think that there was only one or the other mm-hmm. if you're not in pain you're in pleasure if you're not in pleasure you're in total pain right back to that whole principle of like catastrophizing pain and like making it this huge big ordeal to get to the pleasure it's like yes it's a part of the whole process but you're gonna have both simultaneously 
my best races hurt like a bitch, you know, like, so it kind of makes sense. Like, you're not going to just have everything happen, like, you know, freaking Goldilocks and three bears or whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> like, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, it ain't going to oh, be no, like pot it's... of gold at the end of the rainbow kind of thing. I think that it's just, yeah. Yeah, why well, how I kind of receive that is when you really love something, whatever that thing is, it could be raising a child. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, you, you're an entrepreneur, you have your own business, you're, you know, an athlete, whatever it is um, that you're really working towards the achievement of something great or just you're, you love, period, and you're investing yourself in, there's no way around challenges mm-hmm. that will be born from these things this process there's no way around the fact that adversities are going to come up and kick you in the fucking ass you know but i think the the big thing um for me how i receive what you said is is that when you really love something when you really are passionate about it you know you learn that it's it's just a part of the process yeah so then you know you can almost you know you can find love in the challenge and in the in the pain, if that's, you know, the, the best word, mm. but, and, and you just dance with it, Yeah, you know? No, it's so true. And yeah, you find the love in it. And I think that it's also, you know, acceptance of things. And that was something else that took me a really long time. Like I didn't even accept that I was an Olympian. I felt selfish saying that, or I felt like I was cocky or like, you know, the saying that I, Really? How to medal in the Olympics was, like, cocky or, you know, like, I, I like, hit it because I didn't want people to just see me as that because mm. all of a sudden it's, like, everybody wants to be your friend and then you're, like, ugh, like, I would get angry. I was angry about that. Like, I would get very angry and just, I think, accepting my accomplishments as a female athlete and as a swimmer was a huge thing that I didn't understand and I think it's very cool now how female power is becoming more of a thing too and Mm -hmm. so it makes me curious it's like how that would have been different now yeah sure do you know what I mean like versus then not that it wasn't a thing then but it wasn't as well there's a high awareness oh yeah yeah. the awareness wasn't there right can you imagine I mean let's put it this way Amanda Beard, who's one of my really good friends. I don't know if you remember her. I remember her name, but I don't yeah, know. What is she, she? Because she was the one that posed with PETA and, like, did some, like, you know, nude stuff. But, but what was back she, then, what, it was, like, very risque, and she was not looked okay. upon as, like, a role model. When, really, she's the most amazing freaking human on the planet. Like, I love her to death. You know, she's the most humble, like, saved me a million times in my life kind of woman, you know. But... That wasn't a thing then, you know, and now it's powerful for Allie Raisman to put writing on her body mm-hmm. and pose. It doesn't mean that she's, you know, promiscuous or whatever. And so I think that this, the times have changed for females. And so I'm wondering sometimes, this is something I still wonder, just full disclosure, and I know you shouldn't regret anything or like think like, what if I understand that? But I still wonder that. Like mm-hmm. if my mindset would have been different retiring in an age where females have a little bit more fire under their ass to be a powerful, confident human. I don't think that would have changed my insecurities in the inside, but I think the external support would have been a little bit different. That makes perfect sense. You know, I mean, it probably just would have sped up maybe, maybe who knows. That's true. It would have skipped like a couple phases of which may, but maybe then those phases were so important for you Mm. because you know, there was something because you know, when you're, when you drop into self and you are doing the work that, 
you know, is, is needed to, to continuously evolve yourself to be, you know, essentially kind of living from your, you know, your highest self and, or, you know, performing your highest in life in all areas of your life like that to do that work either people a lot of people like to avoid it or unaware of even how to do it sure you know so you you've been doing the work you're still doing the work I'm doing the work every day so it's almost like you know we could look back and and wonder those things like you did which you know it's wondering is a is a beautiful thing but at the same time you know I think like yeah, it would have probably fast forwarded you to be probably where you are yeah. right now. Yeah. But then, would it have even been as cool to take? No, away you're right. I yeah, totally. Having it come into yourself and it's it, it's it was, it's harder what you've had to do by not having that support. It feels like 100%. external support. You yeah, know? and now just thinking about it. You know, looking back at everything that's happened from then till now, it was, oh my God. I mean, like I said, that's like a two hour conversation of how much tumultuous depression and like dark holes and everything over eight years of, you know, who the hell am I chasing the next accolade, chasing the next degree, chasing the next thing, thinking that the more pain I put myself through that I'd find this like enlightenment, you know, and it was the same concept of like it's going to go hand in hand you have to understand that that's part of the process and not something to overcome right to be significant right and so there's this there was this mindset for so many years that if I can just get there I can just overcome it you know then I'm gonna like see the light you know and then (laughs) I remember like when I first got into yoga actually this is funny that was like one of the things that I thought too. And I remember my teacher, she might've been one of the ones that actually like corrected this for me. Now that I think about it, Oh my God, I just had that moment. Um, but like I, when I first got into yoga after swimming, that was like all I did. And I was seeking to slow down. I was seeking really hard, but I was not, (laughs) but I was seeking this way to understand myself. Mm -hmm. And I thought that like understanding yourself meant like, being with yourself in, like, yoga class and, like, being enlightened and blah, 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 and that that was, like, the destination. There was, like, such a thing as enlightenment. Like, it was actually, like, a certificate. Like, here, (laughs) you are, like, you understand yourself. Congratulations, frame it, you understand yourself. Like, that if I could get so many classes in or so many times of doing this, that, like, after a year, you're definitely going to, like, feel better about yourself. Like, I kept thinking there was this, like, end point to understanding myself, or this end point to this pain to where I could, like, overcome it and, like, life was going to be free, smooth in. Sail, smooth sailing, free, living, like, whatever. Because I think that the message that I was receiving, which I like that word that you use, is, or was, that it'll get better. You'll get there. You'll get there. You'll get there. Like, over, and I'm like, where the is there. I always, I like, still say that. And I still, yeah, and I still do it. Sometimes I catch myself saying, you'll get there, girl. I'm like, no, Caroline, you know, because that's not, that message is false. Yeah. There's what you think of it as, but there's also not an, an actual place <laughs> that you're going to feel fulfilled. You may feel comfortable for a little bit and you may feel like you've understood things, but there happens every day. There happens in different ways. And, you know, I could say I'm there right now from where I was. But I'm still not there. You know what I mean? I love this so much. Like, you know, do you know how I frame it now? Like in that realm of what we're talking about? 
I always just say, you're already there. Yeah. You're there. Oh, my, this is what Amelia is good at. Really? So okay. she has a really good saying of, like, you've already won. Yeah. And she says it to herself. She says it to me. Like, she taught me that. Like, you've already won. So, But that word resonates to an athlete. Like, you know, say you're dealing with oh, an yeah. injury. You're battling. You, like, lost a big race. It's like, you've already won. You've already, Remember that. Yeah. Like, before you even get there. And... I don't know. And I know I keep like, bleh, like just no, please, like, burn, I love it. verbal bomb or diarying everything. But I think that there's like a, a thing that if you can understand that you, you've made it in your framework. So like if you frame the word it and like you make that your goal, understanding what there is to you, understanding what it is to you. It doesn't have to be one thing. It will change all the time. And if you can understand, and this is something I tell myself all the time, that you will always, always be changing. That is the only constant in life. That that's like the thing. And it's the hardest thing to understand. And, you know, personally, I had to stop like listening to a lot of things and reading a lot of things for like a year or two recently because I just felt like I was allowing everybody else to run my life or tell me, like, what was the situation. And it wasn't that it was good information. It wasn't that I, like, because I, like, love, like, reading books and, you know, I love it. Mm-hmm. But I would get so obsessed with, like, that thing being my answer. Mm-hmm. And, like, other people telling me, like, where there was or, like, what was going to be the path to enlightenment. Like, my yoga teacher. Like, <laughs> right. that's your thing. Um you know, take it with a grain of salt. It's like, it's your own way of formulating what that is. And even people listening to this now, like we've had all these opinions the whole time. If people don't agree with them, that's fine. But what's your version of where you want to be going? Totally. You know, you know, there's something about just, it's like, it's okay to disagree. And yeah, well, yeah. And, and ultimately it's just kind of seeds and you know, mm-hmm. I always say, like, so someone that I really love, and I always, like, I call him my, my soulmate, Bruce Lee, um, because, you know, he's not my teacher. Mm. I don't read his philosophies, and mm. it's like an epiphany for me. Mm. The reason why I am so in love and feel such a connection to this spirit, this human, mm. is because there is a language that has lived inside of me since a very little girl. I've been writing my, for the better part of my life like mm. as far back as I can remember That's so and cool. it's so cool because it's allowed me to be the observer of myself yeah. and always have this kind of three-dimensional thing happening mm. where you know and when you can witness your behavior and then on the deeper level when you know and especially through meditation when you start to when you can witness your thoughts mm. and then that's when it's like that's where I'm at right it's now really it's really true dope. yeah well then you really because your and thoughts like, affect whoa yeah well what it does is it helps to keep you in the driver's seat without clinging because I'm just kind of sidestepping here just to go to make the point um when you can when you're aware of your thoughts you're essentially you're being also aware of what you're feeling from mm. the thought mm. and for me if I'm not if something isn't really feeling in quotations, good. And I'm going to relate that to the core of my being. My core is I'm an, I'm, I feel my core being is love. It's appreciation. It's, it's inspiration. It's Mm -hmm. this heightened self of, doesn't mean I can't have a sad day or a low frequency vibe day. It doesn't mean any of that, but 
you know, am I living from those emotions? Mm. Am I manifesting, you know, these thoughts to then have these emotions to then live from them? Like, no, I I don't want to do that. And I know that I have the control to do that. And that's where being mindful of your thoughts which affect it's, your behavior. It's a that's a whole fucking. I just want. But it's woo! so true. But that's and that and that's it's powerful. I feel like it's so helpful, you know, for me because I I really feel like that is one of the greatest aspects of not just accomplishing things. Mm-hmm. What it's so powerful for is that while I'm on the way to creating and accomplishing these things, mm-hmm. this life. I'm fucking enjoying the process because mm-hmm. I know this. Mm-hmm. The process, and this is just my opinion, the process is the fucking reward. Mm-hmm. It's the reward. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you know? I think, well, and that's, I, uh, that statement is so powerful because I think that that's something that our society and culture are really starting to understand. Yeah. More I, and more. I see more of an awakening. Yeah, but I don't it. think anyone really knows what it means. I think you're right. I, think I, I mean, I still don't like, some days. I'm oh, like, what the, the hell is this process? Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody rolls their eyes when someone says, trust the process or trust the journey. And, I, I mean, I roll my eyes at myself, too, because I'm like, I don't even know what that fucking means. Oh, my gosh. This is like, just... I don't even know what that means, you know? You, like... <laughs> girl, this is like, wait, okay, you guys, We side note really quick, because on my snap, and I'll make sure that I actually post this. <laughs> I'm going to post this when I post this. I know. We're, We're going to have to do a part two. Oh, yeah, because I'm going to have to go at yeah. some point soon. Okay. Sorry, guys. No, we're going to get you out of here. More calls. No, I don't want to. Um, <laughs> but you're going to laugh right now. Ready? The actual post, my snap today. Um, you're so good. But see, I don't snap. I need to, like, do this whole thing. The nothing, it's Pema. She's a, what is Pema? Yeah, I she's, know. I know what you mean. She's, um... What is she? She's a monk or... God, this sounds so horrible. But I don't know. But this just goes to Pema, show that if you're out there, we want to know what you dope, are. She's a dope What's your title? <laughs> well, just, we only do titles around here. The, the nothing is static... Um, wait, sorry. Nothing is static or fixed. All is fleeting and impermanent. It is the first mark of existence. It is the ordinary state of affairs. Everything is in process. Everything is always changing moment mm. to moment. The reason why I went out of my way right now to read this is because did we know? Did we, Oops. you know, I mean, how funny is that? That what our conversation, we're talking a lot about process and then, you know, here we mm-hmm. are. And that was my snap No, it, yeah. It just, and I think that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's there's something about there's something about surrendering to that and to not I think the other thing too is like what I was just saying before about turning it off. I think turning it off is how you trust the process sometimes. Totally. Like just well, just be. Yeah. Oh, boom. Thank But it it's the single hardest thing to do ever. Like yesterday I'm laying on the couch with my freaking foot up. Part two, we'll talk about how I broke my heel twice oh my God. and why that was a blessing. We'll talk about it later. Uh, but I'm laying on the couch with like power dot on my butt cheeks and like on my calves <laughs> and what the hell is that? Is that thanks so Zoe. My friend Zoe's a ambassador for power dot. It's like the Mark pros, like the little stim units, oh, yeah, the portable okay. stim units. So I, you know, I have one of those 
like hooked up to me, which we used to do, but like not the portable ones, you know? So I'm like laying there on the couch in my bathrobe, Sunday, noon, hair in a wet bun, Caro cocoa all over, like power dot all over my ass and my, and my whatever, with my laptop on my lap, like full disclosure, taking 17 stories to try and find one that made sense and wasn't dumb to post Instagram. (laughs) So real. Of myself laying there like, what am I doing? I haven't, I feel like a beached whale. I haven't moved in like seven hours. Like, I guess this is what I'm prescribed to do, but like reality check. This is what I'm doing. I'll post videos of me doing fitness on Instagram, but guess what? If I posted a video of me doing a selfie in my bathrobe, like that's also real. So maybe (laughs) I will also do that. You know what I mean? Like there's something to be said about about just surrendering and understanding that, like, that's part of the process and, like, trusting that means to just turn my brain off and not think about all the things that I'm missing out on or should be doing or that I'm scared my body's going to wane away or that I'm scared I'm not going to be strong anymore. I'm scared I'm, you know, it's, like, all these thoughts and whatever, and it's, like, just be. Just be. You don't have to be doing anything right now. Right. Because even here's the thing. is If I did, if I was doing a lot, I'd want to sit on the couch. <laughs> But when I'm sitting on the couch for seven hours, I'm scared that I'm not doing anything. Oh, that's so standard, though. And it's I think it's so, so bad. Type A personalities, you know, I, I, I'm I relate like, to that how so well. Is this I, possible? I think that's why having a morning ritual of just two to three mm. hours. I mean, everybody's time. Will You're be so good. good about that. Well, the thing is, is that it's not. Um, there's no discipline anymore. You know, initially it was like, okay, I, I don't actually even remember having to discipline myself. It's just. I, writing is such, it's my love and I need me time before world time. And then I'm ready to, to offer myself to the world. And I know that I'm going to show up in, in my best self because I've offered myself that connection first. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I have shit. I want to work out in my head immediately upon waking up. And I just, even if it's just watching the birds, I say it so often because it's such a real thing where it's like, I just want to, you know, allow my mind to do whatever the fuck it wants to do. And then, you know, gently, love this. gently, you know, bring it into... What's that thing? Sorry to interrupt you. No. That that saying that's like, not saying, but the advice that I just read recently that was like, girl, you're still explaining yourself? Question mark? <laughs> and I died. I don't know if I posted it to my story. I think I did one day. Not that that's like, matters. But God, I sound really basic. But... Um, <laughs> It didn't count if I didn't post it to my story. (laughs) But I just, it was, like, so good. It was like, girl, you're still explaining yourself? And I was like, oh, my God. That is really powerful. Because I do that a lot, you know? Uh, Like, I'm trying to explain why I'm doing things to people. I find that. And not that you just did that, but you reminded me of me is what I'm saying. Like, I just need, like... I just need that time, guys. Like, I need that time to do this, and I need to do this, and here's, like, this is why this is happening, and this is why this is happening, and it's like, why are you explaining yourself, Caroline? Like, it's just working for you. I just want to find it in here, actually. I save it in my bookmarks. I bookmark everything. (laughs) You You know, it's, like, the thing to do is to bookmark, because then you just, like, have... Files. Have files. It's, you know, thanks, Instagram. You've created a beast... Um, okay, because I know you have to get out of here, and know, there's so many go. things to. I know. Well, so you guys, I mean, 
She has, I mean, you have a sports psychology business now, Rise Athletes. Mm-hmm. You have, how do you say it? Caro Coco. Caro Coco. That's Caro my Coco. creative outlet right now. You're, which I'm super excited to try. It's, you know, organic coconut oil infused with rosemary oil. And I see all mm. kinds of fun snaps that you do with it. And <laughs> I want to talk about that beauty stuff. I want to talk about You'll your girls. Like, you're, uh, you know, the one of your best friends that I have met. Um, Amelia. Amelia Boone, who's just total badass. Makes perfect sense to you guys. Um, there's just the so best. much to tap into, you know, with you. And I can't wait to carry on the Carol Chronicles. I can't wait. Yeah, the Crons part two. <laughs> it's only a thing if you abbreviate it. We're not taking anybody that puts whole, full work Chronicles on their, on anything. <laughs> I don't know if I could do Crons. You can. Crons. 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 I can do it. I'm still trying to find this post right now, but on that note, we'll keep you guys waiting. <laughs> I'm trying to find this post. Now I can't find it, but it was just about... Girl, oh, dude, you would like this one. Calm your tit. Just one tit. Leave the <laughs> other one out. <laughs> That's amazing. It's your party tit. Okay, I really okay, do have to go. Guys. I have to do a call here soon, but... Okay, our official Can we, like, do this? But seriously, I have a whole nother chapter, Kron. No, we have <laughs> a whole nother Kron. I'm not kidding. I have Part any, two. There is so much to unfold with you, but thank you. Thank you. I'm so... First of all, like, we've... Yeah, my mantra. I like it. I'm so grateful for finally having, you know, some quality time together, even though it feels like we've been having quality time together, because... That's just how we got Energy's it. But it's just, just a mesh. It is. But I love you. Thank you for sharing this story. And Thank I feel you. like, you know, it's ultimately always going to be the Cliff's Notes because there's so many, you know, it's just so rich. But it doesn't have to be, though. I'm down to share anything. I love it. I love it. And get deep. I the know. next one's going to be pretty deep, FYI. It's like a lot of dark stuff through That's like post athletic career. Okay. And I'm, like, super... Maybe, like, three years ago, I would have never shared any of it. But now I just degaff about it all, so... Yeah, girl, let's <laughs> do it. That's also a term the kids use these days. All right. Degaff. Don't give a fuck. Oh, my God. I'm learning so many that. things. As if, <laughs> as, if, as if it's, like, a thing to whisper something on a podcast. Like, degaff me. What? Okay. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Tell her, tell her people where to find you because you are, you guys, you have to follow her. She's way too much fun not to. You're fucking missing out if you don't. Trust me, especially her stories. Like, my stories are basically all you. Don't, don't pay drink attention to when my you're posts. Just like, you'll, you'll spit or choke, I promise you. I, it's happened to me. I've known to break some glass on accident. Um, my Instagram is pretty much, I don't tweet. I don't believe in it. So. <laughs> I don't, I eliminate clutter. It's too much. So I believe in minimus, minimalism. Um, I just have Instagram and Facebook. I don't ever use either, but I use it for work. Um, but you can find me Caro Burkle, uh, B-U-R-C-K-L-E, like buckle with an R. And then um, uh, our business, both of the things I do, but one, the main thing that we do is Olympians that mentor youth athletes, and we've created a program called Rise Athletes, and it's Rise Athletes on Instagram, also Facebook, also in the show notes, gonna in be in the show notes, yeah. yeah. And then Carol Coco, my body product, is through Natura Colina, who's a longtime friend, and she's crushing it. Um, 
she lives up in Santa Barbara, makes it all by hand. And I collaborated with her a while ago, but that's just natura, like nature with an A, Kulina, like kitchen. I'll have it all in the show notes. Yeah, so all, all those things. Um, Rad. Yeah. I'm excited to try that. I'm Dude, excited you're going to love this. Oh my god! I gave you, I gave you mine. Oh my god, that's. No, I have so seven jars, good. and I gave you one with my stuff. <laughs> Whatever. I've only used it once, care. probably this morning. <laughs> oh my god, you guys! I oh gave her a gosh. used jar. I'm such a bad so friend. Good. No, I don't want. It's got good I'm energy such already. A bad friend. Penetrated. It's, it's penetrated with great energy. You're gonna love wow. it. No, it's insane. No, I and already... I'm picky. Like we did a million test trials. Of that's this. incredible. I'll bring you another one. Oh my gosh, I love this. Like okay. Yours. No, I'm excited. So, By the way, you're so awesome. This has been so... This is probably the most fun podcast I've ever been on. Like, oh, ever. Thank you. Yeah, and I needed that. Today I was kind of in a funk when I came over here, and I feel better. Really? Is We're, it like, it was high on Lion's Mane. Yeah, I, I do weird things in this weather. I, look, it's, it it's, makes me want to, like, escape and just lay around. I really? <laughs> like, by myself on a mountaintop. <laughs> You know, at the, the clouds sometimes can make me feel a little interesting, but they're I think chill. They're great for creating. Actually, because they don't make you feel like I gotta get outside. Yes, which is how I always feel. Like, yes. I need to be outside. You doing south, right? You know what it makes me feel like on days like this? What? Well, actually, no. You know what it is? There were two full moons. Oh yeah, we had a Scorpio full moon last night. That's what messed me up. Yeah, it was gnarly. I, didn't I mean, sleep it was the night before at all, and then last night I slept for like five hours so tonight I better cry actually right after a full moon and right before when you sleep the best so I think tonight's gonna be the night you're gonna have a good one like Take some sheets don't down. move yeah kind of night where you sheets. wake up sheets in the same place you're like uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I gauge it I'm like my bed's oh, a mess I bad night that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god wait so I'm gonna just to to kind of um there's a few things also in other podcasts I want to talk about I want to talk about your training, like how yeah. you're taking care of your body now, mm. you know, certain, the evolution of your training, you know, weightlifting, we talked about that a little bit, your diet, Nutrition. like there's so much good stuff, so can we make this happen soon? Yeah, because that's like part of the, like, the dark part. phase, the, the dark, Okay, a big part of the dark. Perfect. Yeah, it was like body hate. Yeah. Ooh. So like, okay. the big part of the dark. Amazing. Well, I know that summer's coming, so everyone's thinking about body. It's just the way that it is. You know, there's more questions coming my way these days Mm -hmm. with, like, you know, cleanses or what do you suggest? What kind of training? So maybe that's, like, you know, it'll be perfect in timing, like, to help people be their strongest, most, you know. And I think the thing to remember is that you're never... Oh, this is something I wanted to say, too, but we can talk about next time. But, like, you're never going to feel ahead. Are perfect. So, surrender. Even if you have like the most banging bot ever, there's something wrong with it always to you. That's why I really love the idea of just. What can you do, you know? Well, just after I train, I always just say thank you. I love you. You're good about that. Really? Yeah. Well, because fuck, I found, and we'll get into this next one. Nothing has made more of a difference in my life than self love. And that is such a, it's almost like a trendy term. But I really can unpack mm. what that means, mm. at least what it means to me and why, you know, on Black Belt Beauty, I always say it's it's you got you being mm. on your own fucking team. And when you're really on your like sometimes throughout the day when there's like whatever, if I'm flustered or if there's something, I'll be like, whoa, are you on your team right now? Yeah. That's Boom. So good. Driver's seat. Yeah. Are you Ooh. on your team? Like is what you're thinking is what you're Would, doing. Is, yeah. is it you being on your team? Would you tell someone else Damn. those thoughts? No. OK, then why are you telling yourself? You know? 
It's true. What is it doing for you? Yeah. Is it like getting you closer to these things that you want to feel and yeah. create? Which is That's essentially so parenting. true. Yeah. All right, fuck. I gotta yeah, get you out of here. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this juicy, hilarious conversation. That I, I'm saying hilarious because I looked at the the scribbles on our um, recording, <laughs> and every time we cackle, they're like full on. So standard people. Earplugs. Thank you guys. So I'll have everything in the show notes and um, we'll catch you on the next one. Stay tuned for Stay tuned for part Carol Crons. Crons part two. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for taking the time to check out this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it with your friends. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, rate it. Leave me an honest review. Let's connect. I'm so excited to do that in this space and really create content that elevates your mind in support of your best performance in life. You can find me on Instagram at Black Belt Beauty. I'm active there every single day and I look forward to connecting with you all. So thanks again and I'll catch you on the next one.